The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me of whom you say, he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Last week after Jesus fed the crowds with just a few loaves and a couple of fish, they were prepared to make him king, ready to put a crown on his head, and set him on a throne and listened to whatever he might say. Because he had filled their bellies, they were ready to make him king, which is not what he wanted. And so he withdrew by himself and left them alone. How different it is today. Not interested in making him king, those who are listening to him today try to stone him. They try to put him to death. And why? Well, he's not feeding them today with bread, but he is feeding them with his word, His word, which is truth, and you know this. Sometimes, in fact, maybe often, the truth hurts. It cuts deep. It makes you angry. It makes you wish that someone would just be quiet, that they could say something other than the truth. The truth hurts. And Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life, he doesn't hold anything back. How could he? 
He knows that the truth is salvation, that the truth sets people free. So how could he hold anything back? Listen again to what he says to those Jews who were standing around him. You are of your father, the devil. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't take the edge off of it at all. He doesn't say, well, maybe you've got some wrong ideas about a few things and we can kind of sort this out. Nope. You are of your father, the devil. They don't hear the words of God. It's true, the sounds are coming into their ears, yes, and maybe they even nod along from time to time, but they do not hear the word of God. And so, God is not their father, but the devil. They do not listen to the truth, but rather prefer the lies. And so, of course, they're listening to the liar and the father of lies. It is a stark and uncomfortable thing that in this world there is no gray area between the truth and the lie. The truth is of God, the lie is from the devil, and there is nowhere in between. Now here's how this works. The devil is a master of lies, and he knows that he has all kinds of tools at his disposal. He knows how the world looks to sinful people like you and me, and so he spins very feasible lies. Lies that make sense. Lies that really are not difficult to agree with. He plays to our senses, what we see and what we hear and what we feel in our flesh and in the world around us, and he paints a picture of reality that is not true. It's like having a mean older brother who tells you stories about the shadows on the wall in your bedroom at night. When you're a little kid and you see those shadows on the wall, they're terrifying. And now imagine having somebody whispering in your ear telling you that they are exactly what you think they are. That they're monsters lurking under your bed. That there are enemies and danger all around you, when in fact it's just some stuffed animal sitting in front of your nightlight. That's how the devil works. He knows what we see in this world and in our own flesh, and so he tells us that it's true. That what we see with our eyes and what we perceive with our senses, that is all true, every last bit of it, down to the core of you being a damned sinner who's going straight to hell. That's what the devil says to you. He says it, and it is a lie. Because you belong to your Savior, Jesus Christ. His word is the truth that sets you free. His word is the word that scatters the darkness, that shows the shadows to be what they truly are, not reality, not the truth, but a lie. So today we are to listen to Jesus, especially, especially when it makes us uncomfortable, especially when it hurts us especially when it goes straight to our heart and cuts us to the core, we are to listen to Jesus because his words are meant for life and salvation. How would you rather spend your days terrified of shadow monsters or living in the light? That's what Jesus is offering to us. St. Paul tells us that we as Christians walk by faith and not by sight. He says that because what we believe by faith, what Jesus says, actually contradicts many of the things that we see. Take this, for instance, this simple thing that Jesus says today. If you keep my word, you will not see death. How can that possibly be true? You know lots of people who have kept God's word, who have believed his promises, and who have died. Is Jesus a liar? Or is he telling the truth? Is the devil right, or are your eyes deceiving you? Is something else going on? Now, when St. Paul says that we are to walk by faith and not by sight, he is not talking about some 
generic kind of belief. So we just watched that Disney movie about the United States hockey team playing against the Soviets in, what was it, the 1980 Winter Olympics? And Al Michaels, it's amazing, he's still around announcing games. Al Michaels says, do you believe, do you believe in miracles when the United States beats the Soviets? Do you believe? And the commentary at the end of the movie says, what an amazing thing that was, that now finally for a nation that had been struggling, we once again had learned how to believe. Believe in what? Believe that we can defeat our enemies on the ice? Believe that things are going to go okay for us in this world, that our nation is strong and sound? Believe that we are better than everyone else, especially those wicked people overseas? What? Believe what? It's not that kind of belief, not that kind of faith, not that kind of generic hope in something out there that St. Paul is talking about. We walk by faith in the Word of God in the promises of God, the very specific, precise promises of God. That you belong to Him and not the devil, that you are not of this world but destined for heaven. That even though you die, yet shall you live. That even though you see in yourself sin from top to bottom, you are perfect. You are perfect because you've been washed clean and made righteous by the blood of Christ. Faith in that is the way we walk in this world, not by sight. Which means that the, the principle that governs your entire life as Christians, and you have to hold on to this all the time, you cannot lose sight of this. The principle that governs your entire life as Christians is that what God says is reality. What God says is reality and not what your senses perceive. Now that makes sense. Go back to the beginning because it was what God said that put everything here in the first place. It was when God opened his mouth and said, let there be light, that there was light. It was when God breathed into man the breath of life that now he was a living creature. It is by the voice of God, the breath of God, the words of God, that anything exists, that there is a reality at all. And so, God's word determines reality. Not your senses, not what you see, not what you feel, least of all what you feel, but what God says. That is what is true. That is what is real. That's what Adam and Eve failed to believe in the Garden of Eden. They listened to the lie of the devil, the father of lies. Remember what he said. In the day that you eat of that tree, eat the fruit of that tree, you will not surely die. Just a bald contradiction of what God had said. In the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. The devil lied to them, and they ate the fruit. But notice this. Adam and Eve did not, in that moment, drop dead. They did not, in that moment, get laid into the ground. Was God wrong? Was he lying? Was he just making threats that he didn't intend to keep? That's what the devil would have said. In all the 900 years of Adam and Eve's lives following that moment, they would have said, look, God threatened to punish you with death, but look it, you're just fine. You're living. You're going on. Everything's okay. When God said, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die, he meant something different from what their eyes would see or even what they would feel in their flesh. He meant something different, something more important, something truer and realer, more real than the death they might experience in their flesh. He meant separation from God is death. Being close to God, united to God, receiving your life from God, that is life. 
being separated from God is death. So it doesn't matter whether your heart is beating, or whether you're breathing, or talking, or doing anything. If you're apart from God, you are dead. But see how your senses can fool you, how they fool so many people in this world, thinking that they're alive. Just because they can do things, and think things, and say things, when they are in fact dead, because they're apart from God. Adam and Eve were dead the moment they ate that fruit. They were dead, just as God had said. But he did not settle to leave them in death. Already, once again, right away, he spoke to them promises, which, if they believed them, would give them life. The offspring of Eve would crush the serpent's head. You will be restored. You'll be saved from sin and death. If they believed them, they would live and never die. This is how the father in the story of the prodigal son talks about his son. His son took half of his inheritance and went off into a foreign land and wasted it on all kinds of sinful things. And when at last the prodigal son comes home, his father looks at him and talks to his brother, his older brother, who's grumpy about the whole thing, and he says, This my son who was lost is found. This my son who was dead is alive again. No, he had not starved to death. No, he had not gotten sick and breathed his last, but he was dead, living on his own apart from his father. He was dead. While he thought that he was enjoying life, he was experiencing only misery and hell. He was dead. And so when he comes back to his father and his father receives him, now there's a resurrection, a real resurrection. This, my son who was dead, is alive again. A resurrection more real than if you saw somebody's body come out of the grave. After all, even Lazarus must have died again. But there's a better resurrection. A resurrection that consists of being close to God, of receiving your life from him, of hearing his promises and believing them. This is what he invites you to do in baptism. When he washes you with water, he invites you to believe that in that moment you are buried with Christ and raised with him so that you will never die again. So that what happens at the end of this earthly life is not death at all, but slumber. This is what he invites you to believe in the Lord's Supper, when he hands you what looks like bread and wine, mere bread and wine, and says, this is my body and blood. Don't trust your senses, he says. Believe my word even more. It's my body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Eat and drink that you may live. Don't trust your senses, but hear his word and believe. Believe his word against all of the lies of the devil. Think in your life, you can imagine all of the ways the devil tells you lies. Often it has to do with God's law, and this is where the truth often cuts closest to home. You know the commandments, but see how the devil twists things. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor, but... Look, a little bit of gossip isn't going to hurt anybody. They'll never find out. In fact, I'm trying to help them by talking about them behind their back. See how the devil twists it. A little bit of smut on the internet or on the TV, that's not going to hurt you. After all, I'm wise and mature as a Christian. I can look at things and be okay. I can survive. What a lie, the devil tells you. Sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend, that's not a big deal. Living together with someone who's not your spouse, that's okay. Everybody does it. Listen to how the devil lies. It's not hurting anybody. It's not hurting you, least of all. In fact, it's good for you. It's how you can find out whether you're truly compatible. Listen to those lies the devil tells. 
look, divorce is really the only option. It's the only way out of this dreadful situation where you're just uncomfortable and unhappy all the time. What a lie. Skipping church is no big deal. After all, I can't pay attention anyways. I get sleepy. It's not that interesting. I already know this stuff. Skipping church, what's the big deal? What a lie. Reading the Bible and saying my prayers, that's a small thing. It's kind of a waste of time. I've learned all of those Sunday school stories. God already knows what's in my heart. Why bother taking the time to talk to him? What a lie the devil sells you. Everybody lives their life this way. Everybody's okay. It can't be that everybody in the world is wrong. It can't be that everybody's bound for hell. If they can do it and they can get by, then certainly I can as well. What a lie. Listen to what God says instead. Listen to his words. Listen carefully and do not, do not let the devil twist them. Of course, he seldom comes at you with a bald-faced lie like he did to Eve, just completely, plainly contradicting God's word. He likes to take God's word and nudge it and adjust it and modify it a little bit so that it's a little bit more comfortable so that you can squeak in and be okay. Do not listen to him. Listen instead to Jesus, because when he speaks, he's talking about reality. When the devil spins his lies, he's talking about shadows on the wall. They're not real. They're not real, and if you pay attention to them, you're going to be deceived your whole life long. Now, what God says, especially what he says about your life and your death, it's not just a trick. Now, sometimes people think when Jesus says, if you keep my word, you will never die, they think that it's just a trick. Kind of like when people say... These kind of comforting expressions at, at funerals or when someone's dying, they say things like, look, I will always be with you. I'll always be there with you in your heart, in your memory. That's not the kind of comfort that Jesus is giving. That's not the kind of promise that he's giving. It's not just a trick. It's not just an illusion. It is reality. Believe his word. If you keep his word, you will not die. As surely as Abraham received back Isaac from the dead, so also will you live in Christ. If Abraham had not believed God, he would never have taken Isaac up on the mountain and been willing to sacrifice him. But if he had done that, if he had spared Isaac, if he had not been willing, if he had not trusted God's word, he would have lost Isaac forever. But if he keeps God's word, if he listens to God, yes, he scrapes death. He comes close to eternal death. But instead, he receives back Isaac as good as new and, in fact, better than before, raised from the dead. Jesus' word is truth and it is reality. And in these days ahead, these weeks as we head towards Easter, listen carefully to what he says, most of all to this. When he's on the cross, suffering for your sins, experiencing the forsakenness of God, being treated by his heavenly father as if he's the greatest sinner there ever was, bearing on his shoulders the sins of the whole world, even those who hate him and despise him and nail him to the cross, bearing on himself the sins of everyone. He says at the end, as he breathes his last, he says, it is finished. There's nothing more to do. I've done it all. I've kept you. I've loved you. I've poured out my life for you. I've given you my flesh and blood. Have my righteousness. Have this salvation. Have the forgiveness of sins. Have eternal life. Have joy and hope and peace with your Heavenly Father. Have it all, Jesus says. It is finished. 
It's all done. There's nothing lacking. Listen to his words and believe them. Those are the most important words. Your sins are forgiven. Life is yours. Do not trust your senses. Do not believe the lies of the devil who tries to convince you that what you see and feel is real. Instead, listen to Jesus. Put your trust in him. As surely as he is risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, so also will you in the last stand in the flesh before your heavenly Father and rejoice. You will thank God that he taught you his word, that he spoke such precious promises to you, that he sent you his spirit so you could believe them. Hold fast to his word. Keep his word. And you will never see death. To God alone be all glory now and forever. Amen.